RadioInfluence.com. Everyone and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Pod. Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums. What the, what happened? And, and <laughs> beans. <laughs> These things happen. I don't know. So, so we'll start quick. I don't want to spend too, too too much time on this, even though I'm devastated by it. But yesterday, I was freed from Twitter jail. My Tracy Beans account was reinstated. Uncovered DC was reinstated. I had a glorious six and a half to seven hours of information sharing until they banned me again for evading a permanent suspension. <laughs> this may, which makes zero sense because ban evasion is when one account is shut down and you go and make another completely different account to get around the ban. Yes. You now didn't, you didn't you didn't ban evade a ban when they reinstated two of your accounts no it was very obviously a purposeful decision to reinstate us because they reinstated both of them so somebody said okay tracy uncover dc reinstate fine the thing i think it is is when this is what i think now that i've spoken to some people smarter than i and hopefully this gets back to them when elon musk restart bought the platform or said he was going to and everybody was like go back to twitter i created a real tracy beans account and I was on the platform for like a couple hours before they banned me again. So they banned me because Tracy Beans was banned and I evaded a ban with that account. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. So now the, the real Tracy Beans account was still banned and Tracy Beans was not anymore. So AI probably picked up that the Tracy Beans account, I, I don't even know how this would work because the Tracy Beans account wasn't evading the ban of another account. It's, it's nonsense, but it's clearly a mistake. It's a, it's a mistake. So if you're listening out there, Twitter people, um, I would really appreciate being able to come back on so that I can document and finish documenting the Missouri v. Biden case, which the thread went crazy because nobody has the, the source doc information and nobody has that analysis. Within 20 minutes, it had almost a thousand retweets. I saw, I saw like, I think by the time you were off, it was something like 1,700. Well, that was my my first tweet had like two point two thousand or something, okay. um, and and the the all again the only reason this is critical to me is for business purposes and information sharing purposes. I have other platforms that I used to do this on. I'm I was still gonna do that. It's just frustrating. It's like somebody let you. Somebody came to your jail cell and they they said, "All right, get your stuff together. You're out." And you were like, "Oh my gosh." I was innocent when I was put in here. They know I was innocent and now they're letting me free. And then you get home, you're, you're reunited with your family and the sheriff comes and just drags you out of your home again, kicking and screaming. Just grabs a, you by the scruff of your neck. <laughs> throws a ball gag over your face. And then you're like. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> That's what you, little, you little band evading bastard. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> and that's what I feel like right now. Aw. Adam Carter, thank you so much. He sent a rumble rant saying free Tracy Beans. That's what I felt like. I felt like somebody grabbed me and like just, anyway. Moving right along. Let's not spend too much time on that because nothing changes here. We're going to keep speaking freely. And uh, that's it. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Um, I want to start with. 
I could start with how he banned all those journalists yesterday because <laughs> they're going nuts. Doxing? Well, look at this at Drudge. I mean, go to Drudge because you can't see it. But Drudge is like, <laughs> like all these journalists whining and complaining that journalists have been banned from Twitter is just so... It's such like nonsense hypocrisy, honestly. Manic Musk purges reporters, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post out. Is he tripping on drugs? Blame, <laughs> blame the ambient. Drudge Report is such a joke too. Mm -hmm. uh, it just becomes more and more of a joke. It is a half a page of the most useless information you could ever read. It's terrible. It used to be. It used to be at least two full-page scrolls of interesting, amalgamated stuff from all over the place. But now it's just half a page of absolute crap. Yeah, Twitter just banned prominent journalists who cover Elon Musk with no warning. Of course, as in, as in, as normal fake news goes, that's not why they were banned. They were banned for doxing because they shared the Elon's jet account. And, it, and shared the information on the Elon's jet account and the other GPS tracking accounts that were up that were giving real-time updates on Elon Musk's location. They had one of his cars. His son was in the car. Somebody oh, Aaron Rupert's gone? Oh, yeah, he's gone. Oh, I hate that guy. Everybody that hates that guy. That guy is a smarmy piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gone permanent. And Keith Olbermann is permanently banned also. <laughs> so. <laughs> but because this is because they were sharing uh geolocation data of people is that is that why his geolocation data like they i guess were reporting on what that account was doing and also amplifying its content elon came out and said you guys can't do this if it's off by minutes or a five ten minutes where the person can't like literally track where you are that's one thing but if you're sharing literal real-time geolocation data of somebody where they could be in physical harm because of what you're doing, that's a suspension or a ban for you. Well, my my question is, what is the reason? We we um, I, I know I followed uh, a few. I mean that monkey. You, you ever watched that Monkey Works guy on YouTube? I've never watched him, but yeah, I've heard of him before. I've tuned I've tuned into him from time to time, and and he is known for uh for analyzing flight trackers and stuff like that to try to you know speculate as to what's going on you know movement out of guantanamo bay movement out of certain air force bases and whatnot but um you know i i, I just wonder why all of these people who are hyper obsessed with censorship and hyper obsessed with uh elon musk and what twitter was and now what it's becoming why they need to know where he is within three meters of all times and why amplify it. Like what's, what's the point? What, what was the story that this information was very vital? Well, they were covering how, I, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they would do like, that's not something that I would be doing. Like if, if from a journalistic standpoint, I don't see the value in that at all for anybody. I mean, who cares? Like, unless you're trying to get somebody to go find him, what's the difference? And he right. wasn't like, even there. His kid that, was. That's what I'm talking about. Well, why? Why? It's just like, it's almost like you're playing. Everybody's playing hide and seek. Like, I don't, I don't care. There's no reason for anybody to know where Aaron Rupar is any time of day. Uh, or you can say, well, he doesn't own Twitter. What does that matter? Yeah. 
So you own a massive mega, mega company and so everybody gets to know exactly where you are at 24 hours a day. I think that Elon Musk should hire Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend as personal security. <laughs> They'd do a better job. It's this, just very weird. It, it's ridiculous to me that whoever it was that found him was able to get on the roof or on the hood of the car that was carrying his son. That's what's crazy to me. So somebody actually tracked down his son. Yeah, well, his son was in the car that the the one account that was following all of his movements was tweeting. It was a, it's a bot, an AI bot that tweets out his location at all times. It tweeted out where he where his car was at that very moment. How? I have no idea, but that's how they did it. It just so happened that Elon wasn't in his car, but his son was in his car. So they knew it was his car, but obviously they didn't know that it was just his son and a driver in there. So the guy who had tracked down the car, physically in person, jumped onto the hood of the car, and Elon's son was in danger, and he doesn't take too kindly to that, apparently. So the doxing rules were, were specified, and these people were, co- were, were sharing it too, so they got banned. And now the whole... See, see again, we're, if, you're on, if you are on assignment, and you need to go on location for something, and you're trying to nab a, uh, you know, an interview, uh, then again, TMZ... Yeah, but TMZ they don't has, tweet out where these people are when they're doing it. Right. They they just they Go. just they just cook up patterns, pat, uh, movement patterns of certain celebrities and try to get them when they're coming out of lunch. And it's still very spy like and creepy. And then of course a lot of other TMZ interactions on the street are are purely set up. I know that firsthand because um, they tried to set one of those things up with my brother after his his uh, his um, account went viral the first time. And I so but but again, this is you're not on assignment. You just want to be able to get in somebody's face. Yeah, it's clear here because Elon Musk makes himself very accessible. He talks to random people on Twitter all the time. He's always doing press conferences about one project or another. He, he He's not a hermit. No, so he's not. It's, it's, it's it, it was just purely to attack him and screw with him so that's that's the whole point and everybody being so dishonest and so like not genuine about oh he's banning journalists that cover him that's that's not cover him you don't even need journalists that's like again you don't even need journalists to cover him it's all being it's all happening out in front of us and that's the biggest part journalists are losing their distinction in 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 the digital sphere there's nothing to distinguish them from anybody else anymore no, because espe- now especially when they weren't actually journalists to begin with they're not doing any real work they're sitting there and waiting for the phone to ring from the intelligence community and what story they're supposed to pepper out for that day and they're tweeting on they're they're reporting on what people tweet which anybody could see if they just went to twitter so yeah you're you're absolutely right you're absolutely right Anyway, so there's that. I, I want to talk about this quickly, play a clip from Bannon. The I have a big announcement thing that happened yesterday. I just want to say this, and you can add to it too, Frank, obviously. He tweeted out the day, but President Trump tweeted out the day before the superhero ad, the world needs a superhero. We have a big announcement tomorrow. Then the big announcement came, and it was the announcement of these NFT cards for $99 a piece that give you like all kinds of perks and ways to meet the president and whatever. I don't have a problem with that. If he wants to do some marketing thing, fine. 
the problem I have is we're a country in the middle of turmoil and you're using your platform to announce your big announcement is to sell NFTs. And that's what it was. You can't tell me any differently. The free speech platform section 230 revision announcement, Frank, that came out hours later was an attempt to rescue the day is what it was. And, and, and everybody had the same visceral reaction to this. It doesn't mean anything other than like this was just a bad move. It was just a bad move. Like it was just a bad move and bad moves happen and that's okay. Here's Bannon and uh, Gorka. Do you want to add anything before I play the clip? You can play it and then I can add. All right, here we go. Now they're called Trump digital trading cards. Okay. These okay. cards feature some of the- I can't do this anymore. He's one of the greatest presidents in history, but I gotta tell you, whoever, what business partner, and anybody in the comms team, and anybody in mar lago and I love the folks down there, but we're at war. Mm -hmm. They ought to be fired today. You came out with something that's so important, which I still don't think gets to the heart of it. And hey, you don't have three harder cores than Cortez, Bannon, and Seb Gork. <laughs> so when they're, and we're getting blown up all day on this. Seb, walk me through it. Walk me through your assessment of this, sir. Never should have happened. I mean, so look, it's fun, it's hyperbolic, but whoever wrote that, that pitch should be fired and should never be involved in any bit. I don't want them making the, the, the presidential napkins for Mar-a-Lago, okay? Anybody who came up with that. And the president's war chest is, is pretty strong right now. We've got two years until the actual you know, inauguration. We don't have time to waste. If you want to do this kind of stuff, you know, have 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 a, have a peon do it. Okay, get get somebody who's recognized in the MAGA world to you know put their face to this thing and do it. But the president should not be involved with this. When we I just I, before we go any further, people um people are already like reacting to what I said in a negative way. And like standing to like say, we don't know, you know, stop saying bad things. But no, here's the thing, guys. The announcement about the announcement was the superhero theme, Frank. Yeah. You can't then say, no, it was the free speech announcement. No, it, it wasn't. The marketing for his big announcement was the superhero theme. It, it, there it was just a big mistake like it happens what do you think about this do you agree with with what i'm saying like uh yeah well i, I well when, for, when the nft thing first came out those cards which i i don't understand i never understood them and i whatever the first thing i said to myself was i'm going to give this to the end of the day because if this is all there is this is far worse than uh, the little orphan Annie decoder ring giving Ralphie the Ovaltine commercial mm. in uh, in in <laughs> Christmas Story. It's far worse than that. So I gave it the rest of the day, and then um, around you know, three p.m. or something, uh, Trump Jr. on Twitter and other elsewhere, we got this like ten bullet point or eleven bullet point restoring free speech overview that seems to me it was thrown together really sloppily because i did the old george carlin 10 commandments trick where he uh he brought 10 commandments down to three after reducing redundancy and and all that other stuff you know you know that whole bit that he does yeah um it, uh, restoring free speech overview 
Um, and it's all just like it, it to me. It's like uh, if if you are in the know, then you know that this is pretty much just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. If you're not in the know, it sounds great. Ban federal agencies from colluding to censor American citizens. So ban federal agencies from from uh, from crime. They were already banned from doing that. Yeah. And how about how about getting rid of federal agencies? Uh, ban <laughs> ban taxpayer dollar. But if you say that, you won't get elected. Yeah. Because you're talking about getting rid of a major portion of not only what we consider what keeps us safe, but also a major uh, a major employer. Ban taxpayer dollars from being used to label speech as mis or disinformation. Ban taxpayer dollars from almost everything. You know, I, I, they Biden just pledged another two point five billion dollars to food support for Africa yesterday. That that's not that's not legal. None of this is legal. Fire every bureaucrat who is engaged in domestic censorship. Okay. Immediately send preservation letters to Biden and big tech giants. Okay, okay. That, well, that, that's kind of that, happening right now, anyway. Right. Order the DOJ to investigate all parties involved on, in online censorship regime and prosecute any and all crimes identified. All right. Now, the revised Section 230. I need you or somebody to explain to me what could be revised because what I thought for a time was that all we needed to do was have it applied. Just like just have that that there's so many different schools of thought on two thirty revising okay. it, just applying it as it's written would would fix you know issues, holding them to account when they don't follow it properly would fix issues. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't read that yet. What his revision of two thirty like proposal is, but I gotta say, I'm gonna try and be. This is the I'm I'm basically instead of just saying what I want to say, I'm trying to self-censor myself so I don't hurt anybody's feelings. That's pretty sad. Um, I I think it was just a mistake and somebody made a really bad marketing decision on the part of Donald Trump at this point in time by using his platform that everybody looks to for hope and for uh, badassery and for, you know, hit him hard. This was just a massive, massive foobar. And the free speech um, announcement, in my opinion, had less weight than it would have for any normie or anybody for that matter, than if it were to have been released on its own as a, as a, 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 you know, a policy document or a policy video. Because they released it on the same day as this happened, it nullified the effect of it for the normal people, not the hardcore people out there like you guys who a lot of you are um, talking about this here in, in the chat on both Rumble and uh, and Getter and saying, oh, the comms were off the charts. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, guess what? Middle America, the, the most- The comms, no- I don't the comms know. were I, off the charts? What does know. that mean? I have no idea. And that's the thing. Most people have no idea. You might have some idea of what you're talking about, but the normal everyday American has no clue. And to them, I mean, I'll tell you what the comms could have been. Uh, release this first, and then at the end of the day, uh, say, "Oh, by the way, we have a new NFT for raising, you know, raising money for the campaign." Well, the, the uh, money it, doesn't even this, go to the campaign, Frank. What is it then? It's it's a separate company. Hold on, I had it up here. That was the next thing I was going to say. Um, Citizen Free Press has it. Hold on. 
it doesn't go to the campaign. It's a it's a it's a for profit company run by other people. Um, well, I mean, it, it, whatever. Uh, it, it is a it was a, a miss. If that really was what it was, and now that we're twenty four hours removed, it was a misplay. Really was the, um, because th- this this list is it's stupid. The company selling the cards, NFT and INT LLC, was founded in February in Delaware. The trading card website lists the company address that corresponds to a mailbox in a UPS store in Park City, Utah. On the site, the company notes that it is not owned, managed, or controlled by Donald J. Trump and says that it uses his name, likeness, and image under paid license from a company called CIC Digital LLC, which was formed in April 21 at an address that matches the Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida. Public records show that a company called CIC Ventures, founded in 2021, has Nick Luna, a former assistant to Mr. Trump, and John Marion, one of the president's lawyers, as directors. Okay, so let's pretend for a second that he needed this business venture because he thought that people would buy these NFTs and he needs it for legal bills or whatever he needs this money for. There there are different ways that this could have been handled. Um that would have still been equally as effective without getting every single person on Truth Social to do a poll about what the hell the big announcement could be. Is he running for Speaker of the House? Who's his vice president going to be? You know, um, is he going to uh, uh, endorse Harmeet Dillon? It was just a mistake. Sometimes things are just mistakes. It happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens. People make mistakes. Not everything is 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 some big plan, especially not when the people you need to woo are not following this plan that everybody else is following at all. So why cater more to the people that already know you and are obsessed with you when you really need to cater to the people that aren't? And, and like you said before, there's nothing wrong with launching a new business venture. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Nothing wrong, whether it's in the digital field or whether it's anywhere else, there's nothing wrong with it. It was the hype. It was the ambiguity of the whole thing. And then it was the the misfire of the rollout. And then this restoring free speech overview, as I said before, it, there's like five other points and none of them, all of them are just like, if you were going to write an essay in fourth grade and have to just find extra words. Did you watch the video? Up, what, what, what? The video that came along with this? Yeah. No. Okay, because it wasn't done in five minutes because he had a very well-produced video ready to launch. Okay. It. And I'm, I'm assuming there are going to be other policy positions that he would like to bring to the fore that will also have similar videos attached to them. So it's not like somebody was just like, okay, let me get in a corner and write this quickly. Um, it was ready. I think it was probably ready to go for another time. I don't necessarily think that it was meant to go yesterday. I think this was a fallback kind of thing because people really didn't take kindly to this. They just didn't. And we need to get to a point where, um, I'm sorry to say this, people can hate me if they want to. Uh, It's sad. We need to be able to have open discussion and talk honestly about things that happen without being attacked by other people for it. When we're not saying anything, or I'm not saying anything um, pejorative at all, (laughs) <laughs> and it's like people get really, really, really mad if you share an opinion that is contrary to theirs. And I see that everywhere. It's happening to everybody, not just me. I don't know if you're noticing this as well on on uh, alternative socials, Frank. I don't pay attention to comments anymore. Hmm. 
I, I, I had for, for a while, it was very important. I answer emails, I do whatever I can, but it can really weigh, it can really wear on you because I, I, a lot of people are well-meaning, but it's, it's like spinning your wheels in mud sometimes. And I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't pay attention to comments. I just got to keep working and I don't work. I don't, I don't work. Some of the things I do is political. I mean, we, we talk politics and government and how it affects our lives, but I don't I don't work to anybody's end. And if the and if the election were tomorrow, I'd vote for Donald Trump a third time. And I'm not I'm not. I don't think that anybody. there's any question like like apparently like me saying that there was a mistake made means that I'm trashing. Trump, well, you know, I, you know I, in 2016 and 17, it was it was becoming apparent that it were it was going to be harder and harder to give any real constructive and necessary criticism when Trump or anybody that that worked to his uh, to his, I don't know, betterment um, did something that was lacking or was not on the mark or anything like that. It was very hard to criticize them because we're spending so much time uh, breaking down the absolute venom slinging that was coming from the media yeah. in these these hyperventilating ways, you know, so you're spending so much time defending him uh, against absurdity in the public square that you don't get around to talking about things like this. And if you spend time doing things like this or like, come on, we got to band together because the shit slinging is coming. It's like, all right, well, it's got to get to a point where we, uh, we we check ourselves and there's nothing even really that egregious about this. It no. was just it was a misstep. Yep. And what the hell is a digital bill of rights? What I, can somebody well, elaborate on that? That's the other thing. Like, why do we need a digital bill of rights when the bill of rights we have protects us from this stuff already? How about until we, we how about we stop making new ones and focus on the one we have already? Like, that's the one that's being trampled on. A new one is not going to make much of a difference if the existing one is just being used as toilet paper on a daily basis, which is what's happening. It's being suspend used. suspend federal dollars to any university that's engaged in censorship support activities. No, suspend federal dollars to any university. Period. Uh, stop federal funding for all nonprofits and academic programs engaged in censorship. No, stop federal funding for all nonprofits and academic programs. Period. Period. I, I mean, I mean, I'm with you. I agree. I, I don't know. There's the argument to be made that people, you know, people would say like, okay, well, baby steps on that, but baby steps haven't worked thus far. And to be honest, no federal funding's ever taken from anywhere, which is why I'm going to go back to mandates. States had to keep these stupid vaccine mandates in place for healthcare workers because the federal government said, well, state, you're not going to get any Medicaid, Medicare money anymore if you don't implement this ba this this um, mandate. And the states were beholden to the federal government's teat. And so they had to keep the vaccine mandate in place for their healthcare workers under threat of losing billions in Medicare money. That's the impact the federal government's funding has on states or anybody for that matter. It is just another way to keep you in chains, which moving on, Frank, did you see Tucker last night? No. Oh, I almost want to play this whole thing. It's seven minutes long, but it, uh, yeah, you can go for it. It really is worth it. it. Thank you, Citizen Free Press, for being amazing and collating this. I didn't get much sleep last night, so the show prep this morning was heavily weighted on them, but I do have uh, other stuff that I had prepped earlier if we get to it. Let's play this clip. You're going to like this, Frank. 
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. So not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about oh, the Kennedy assassination. It was, <laughs> you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the president of the United States and then less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? <laughs> it's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But oh, replied the US government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And many, many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that in fact it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then at the time, before that was known, the government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible and some people started asking obvious questions about it. Here we go. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. Now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. The government or its minions. Oh, nice pause on that screen. Got him in a really bad spot. Um, the government or its minions. Or I mean, like, conspiracy theory was invented with JFK. But what he says in a minute, and I know we're listening to a lot of Tucker right now, but it's, it's just wait. Here we go. But despite 60 years of name calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what, what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans. Wait, what? <laughs> did he just really, really talk about MK Ultra on Fox News in the middle of his opening statement? You should. It's not only uh, Ruby, but I mean, even even uh, I mean, Jack's Jack's brother. Hey, that's that's Sirhan Sirhan to this day um, maintains that he was not he was not conscious when the shots went off and he didn't shoot him either. He, he was his gun was was loaded with blanks. 
I wonder was, who did uh, that. Why would you load a gun with blanks, Frank? Because somebody else in the crowd, an, an actual agent, was there to um, to pump them full of lead. There's more to this we have to listen to, but let's just make sure that we get this out here. MK Ultra for years, Frank, was a conspiracy theory. You guys are crazy. Um, it ties into uh, satanic ritual abuse. It ties into um, child sex trafficking. Laurel Canyon. I mean, Johnny Gosh, all, uh, General Aquino, like all the things that if you talk about them, normally the general population's trained and conditioned to call you a lunatic, right? And here, like, granted, he doesn't dive into it, but he said the words. And I'm sure that a good percentage of people are now like, what the hell is that? Aquino founded the Temple of Set and was a general in our military who ran the MK Ultra program. No, he didn't. No, no, no. Sidney Gottfried was the one who did MK Ultra. Aquino was the one who created our PSYOP programs in, um, in Vietnam and then... Uh, evolved PSYOP into mind war programs afterwards. That is when they turn media in on domestic populations. I'm not... To actually, I don't think I'm wrong on that. He was involved with MKUltra. Oh, I, maybe he, he, he could be involved. Hugely to involved. To some degree. But, Sid, but Sidney uh, Gottfried, was, that, was his, um, that was his baby. Either way. Well... All the research that I did about Aquino, which was a significant about because he was involved in a whole lot of stuff. Remember years ago, there was that weird- Gottlieb, Gottlieb, Gottlieb. Sorry, Gacy, yeah. There was that weird um, video that came out. The guy was like vomiting black stuff. He was a magician or like he was killed. Like he he, he was poisoned and he was a very popular magician or something. Uh, Gosh, I'm forgetting exactly what it was. It was the weirdest thing ever. He was, oh no, it was like aliens he investigated or something like that. Mm. Damn it, I'm gonna have to pull it all together. It's really, really blurry in my head right now. But that happened and he, he was the one who brought Aquino or Aquino, or however you say freaking the guy's name, back to the forefront because he was doing all kinds of inform like research and and exposing him and, and all kinds of stuff. This is a long time ago. Um, but then if you go and listen to some of the lectures that Aquino has given about MK Ultra, about the Satanism, the, you know, he literally founded the Church of Satan, uh, the Temple of Set, I should say, which is basically a satanic church. And he's given many, many interviews about it. it he's a terrible, like, I had a picture pulled up. He's the one who had his, his eyebrows up like devil horns. Mm. And in the picture anyway this is um here let's just finish listening to him without their knowledge so of all the psychiatrists in the world what in the world was this guy doing in jack ruby's prison cell the media did not seem interested in finding out in fact the new york times in an extensive 1999 obituary of west never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the cia much less his time in jack ruby's cell which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. 
But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence from investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that, for maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. That act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, hmm. withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Let's just stop that for a second. Just think about it. We knew it already. And, and anybody who's been kind of like awake quote to this stuff knew that already. But he just said that on, on, Fox, on Fox News, that the CIA was responsible for assassinating an American president. That, that to me, like for the general public to hear that the CIA, the intelligence community, the CIA who's not even supposed to be acting on American soil at all, let alone killing presidents, was responsible for the assassination of what could be argued one of the most popular American presidents of all time. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot going on there for sure. A lot going on there. What do you do? I would... I don't know. I would suggest everybody, if you haven't long, good looked deeper, I'm, hey, like so many other things, uh, this was a great, great carrot at the end of the stick for the uninitiated. Uh, give them maybe something that will give somebody a, a, uh, an opportunity or the permission to go dig deeper into this. I hope that people find the work of John Barber um, as he interviewed Jim Garrison. The Jim Garrison tapes are everything. Garrison, the work that he did to to draw the direct lines between the CIA and JFK is huge. The other thing is, um, oh, it was uh, the other documentary that we talk about uh, from JFK to 9-11. Everything's a rich man's trick. If you can still find that anywhere on the Internet, the JFK portion of that is absolutely incredible about the breakdown of how the assassination went who was involved, the, the 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 genesis of all this stuff, of the national security state growing out of control and becoming this autonomous, murderous mess. Um, even 
even the doctoring of the the um whatchamacallit uh the doctoring of the video the um uh abraham zebruder the zebruder mm. film mm. how that film in itself there was only one camera if th this is another reason why it's very hard for them to assassinate people anymore now because right. everybody 60,000 cameras from every angle. And you can't take they, that from everybody, right? Right, right. They found that one camera blew the lid on everything, especially the whole single shot theory, because you see him going forward and grabbing his throat, and then he's blown backwards from whatever was coming from the, from the front, not from the back. And, um, and that one tape had to be doctored. And you, you see why in there, too, and how. Um, but it's it's just it's just incredible, and I'm I, I'm glad that he did that. I'm glad that he did that. I hope more people go out and and uh, read into it. But what are they going to be reading? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Unless they're going over to the reading room, the CIA reading room, and grabbing up the documents, which you can still do. You know, just recently they released a whole tranche of documents about um, about uh, lucid dreaming and astral projection, Frank. Like how they're mm -hmm. they're training people inside the CIA to do astral projection so that they can use it for military purposes. Um, Gateway. Yes, Project Gateway, yes. So it's like all this woo-woo stuff that everybody thinks is so crazy is actually stuff that our government's engaged in 24-7, all kinds of secret programs, black programs, you know. But the thing, like I was, I was gonna say, the reason why we haven't had an assassination attempt, quote, in modern times in this way is because there would be way too many videos, angles. You can get information out too quickly, like all kinds of stuff. Do you remember who the investigator was, the FBI agent was that looked into the Johnny Gosh kidnapping, what his name was? It wasn't Ted Gunderson, was it? Yes, that's what I was looking okay. for. Thank you. I did all this research so many years ago and like, I don't know about you, but I used to have to stop and throw up with some of the stuff that I was looking at. And I kind of like... It's rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I like compartmentalized it in my brain because it was haunting my my dreams. It was terrible. Especially when you get into the McMartin School stuff, um, Fox Island, uh, Finders, um, whatchamacallit, Franklin... Which Aquino actually comes into a lot of those frames. He does, indeed. And it's no, it's even it's a lot. Gunderson a lot. went to his the day that he wasn't here anymore with this stuff. Like he, this became his. He was focused. I mean, just these names we're throwing out there. Just if you have time or you're interested, just look them up, see what you can find. Unbelievable. Um, so Tucker Carlson told everybody last night on Fox News that the CIA killed JFK. I was at my daughter's Christmas play. I came out and I saw that and I was like, well, here we are. Mark the date. Yeah. And uh, Paul, uh, Paul Pelosi's attacker's son or stepson. Oh, yeah, that too. Right. Said he was probably some sort of sex slave. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a lot of that tonight. I, I can't wait, Frank. <laughs> Paul Pelosi's Paul. Uh, sorry, not, the, reading the the article, not the sex slaving thing. <laughs> well, you never. I'm not gonna be doing that. Whatever you choose to do in your own time is your own thing, my friend. I'm not. That's gonna... sex slavery. You can't do that. <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> so. 
poll, uh, the, the the trial has begun. I guess the Daily Mail got a hold of um, what's his name's son, the attacker's son. What's his name? I'm having a really hard time today. I'm lack of sleep. Oh, um, it, it, I forget it. David something. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to our Grail, which is CFP, because they had it yesterday too. Um, Papti Papsky. De pape. De pape. De pape. De pape. De pape. Whatever. Um, this isn't the one that I wanted, but they started the, the, the I guess they were going to um, arraign him yesterday. But his son comes out and says that he was literally a sex slave for, now it wasn't written quite that way. It was more, he could have been a sex slave in, 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 the, dun, in the dungeon and um, that would have made more sense. He's not a Republican He's not a Democrat. Um, he's not, you know, one of those things. And it would make more sense to me if he was a sex slave for Paul Pelosi than him just going in there and randomly attacking him. It's yes. So we got that. Yes. <laughs> we got that. Just some stuff to chew on for the weekend. Just, yeah. Um, Linda Love says that a willing sex slave is not illegal, Frank. So just... Okay. I guess so. You have to you have to sign your NDAs. <laughs> everybody sign as long as their signatures down, then whatever. I think that dueling, dueling should be legal and encouraged. Oh, like like literal old fashioned Western duels. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Two people get in, get involved with something, and they're going to you know do their ten paces and and settle this once and for all, and then whatever. If they're both consenting to it. Then uh, why not? Hmm, that's an interesting one. I, I mean, why not? If if former if former uh, major political figures in this country used to do it, it's I mean, that's true. why Alexander <laughs> Hamilton's dead. Speaking of consent, I have this thread about this all ages drag queen Christmas show that's all over the country. There's a it's a national tour, thirty six shows in eighteen states, including D.C. We're going to watch some stuff that, like, is just going to make you cringe. This drag queen that's on the stage right now has fake boobs in a box and says to a kid, are you reaching for my, I can't even say the word, I hate it, T-I-T-T-I-E-S. Are you hungry to a child in the audience as the show oh, is? That's not even cringe. That's infuriating. It's Pedof it's pedof it's pedophilia. Here. I got something so special for you this year. So why don't you just lay back and listen? Boy, ever since we met online, I've been wanting to show you something special in mind. It gets raunchy. Like everybody in the room arrested. I, I mean, they have, I have the whole, the whole thread here. In his performance, men, in this performance, men with kink harnesses grab their privates, grind and stimulate humping. The drag queen talked to a nine-year-old named Major and then addressed the mother of the child saying, quote, you were such an awesome mom for bringing your kid out to a family-friendly drag show. I have a couple pictures and a couple clips. There's a guy with his hands on his, um, you know, See, that's what it's all about. It's about play. 
It's about playing to the ego of the stupid mothers. It's about playing to the, thank you. Thank you for telling me I'm awesome. I'll continue to offer them up to you. Just keep liking me. I just want to be on the right side of history. One of their their names is Crystal Method, M-E-T-H-Y-D. Perfectly family-friendly name for a kid's show. Um, they were all, they, he performed with two other people, grinding and making sexual gestures. At the end of the performance, Crystal licks his, quote, peppermint breasts, and the host says, mmm, minty fresh. This is in front of children. It gets worse. Um, Crystal Method performed to S&M by Rihanna, grinding back and forth on a chain used as one of his costume props. Quote, $10 already? I think I have a fan obsessed much. much. It's a child. I think I've got to think outside the box. What am I going to do? Easy. Make Jacob Marley a whore. This is literally what is being said to children on the stage. Um, yeah, then you know, some night, when, <laughs> this time of year, my parents would uh, pack me and Anthony up into the car and we would go, uh, you know, we'd drive down to Manhattan and we get to see the the uh the christmas tree the, the tree yeah the tree at rockefeller center mm-hmm. all of the 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 angels blowing their trumpets and everybody ice skating down there on the rink nice you know nice day now now this is what it now this is a nice december outing for child and mother and they have to give the other thing there too they have to give the child the money uh, there should be there. arrests being made yeah right now straight up raids raids seriously i, I, I say i say don't, stop raiding college bars for a weekend and just uh and put this stuff to bed please stop rating innocent people with the SWAT team at, at six in the morning for protesting um or peacefully protesting at at different locations in our country um the drag queen had a lot to say to children who were on the front row who were being given money by their mother to hand to the drag queens he engaged Thanks, with, mom yeah he engaged with two different children a nine and a ten year old quote are you having fun are you enjoying it are you confused yet the host played a game with the audience called naughty or naughty the game involved giving explicit details of a sexual encounter in the video nina details having sex with her dad's co-worker in his office an audience member shared their explicit story as well and then here wait let me play this one hold on oh my gosh hello how are you that's okay wait i i saw you guys with your mom in the meet and greet where's melinda the mom melinda right Wait, tell me your name again. Sonia, we need more mothers like you in the world. Thank you so very much. Yeah, we need more mothers like you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I believe so. They're a project of MKUltra. Oh, they are so weak and so malleable. They're such, they're such simpletons. 20 kids in the in the audience, all of them exploited by these criminals well you said it you said it there too are you confused yet yeah it's all once once that is achieved it is a state that um it's a state that they'll if they have it their way nobody will ever leave a state of confusion a state where there is no objectivity there's no moral truth to anything you're just a leaf blown in the wind i shared a video uh that rachel levine did i want to play it for everybody I shared this the other day on, I want everybody in the audience as we're ending to come up with the irony in this video, please. There's so many levels to unpack here, but listen, Frank. 
task is to educate the public in as many forms as possible. And we need to have these conversations that question the assumptions that are underlying today's attacks on trans people. Pushing back the veil of ignorance demands this extra effort. And this is, a this is the challenge before our profession. For almost 40 years now, I have considered an honor to be a doctor. I believe in our role as healers. I believe in our role as truth healers. And the truth that we need to confront now is that medicine and science are being politically perverted around this country that destroys human lives. And we politically perverted. You think that you still have, I, mean, I don't even have to see his face. I hear the man voice. Politi politically perverted. Well, I mean, I would agree that that medicine has been politically perverted, just not in the way that this idiot's saying. Like millions of people have died because of your politicization of medicine, you loser. Millions. Let's finish listening to that. Listen. Medicine and civic life for the health and well-being of LGBTQI plus youth and other Americans. Those who attack our community are driven by an agenda of politics. It has nothing to do with medicine. It has nothing to do with science. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with warmth, empathy, compassion, or understanding. Yep. They are rejecting the value of supportive medicine, rejecting well-established science, right. and simply rejecting basic humanity. They're rejecting well-established science. Like, as they continue, I'm not even gonna finish it because it gets frustrating, more frustrating as we go. There's just a few more seconds left. There, he is standing up there proclaiming that trans medicine is being oppressed because of politicization, while literally early treatment is being withheld from millions of people across the country and they're being killed in hospital with a treatment protocol that politicized doctors have put out there for money and God knows what other reason. And this idiot is worried about whether or not we can give sex change operations to 12 year olds. Well, I, the, the, the real irony is talking about the legitimacy of trans science and medicine and there is none. There is none. You're, you're, if you were born a man, you will never be a woman. If you were born a woman, you'll never be a man. You can go to a butcher somewhere and say, listen, I need drugs and I need surgery and I need a wardrobe change. And I also need somebody to help me change my name. And you, you can uh, you can change a lot about your your physical existence, but it's not ever going to happen. Literally, and, and for literally them to say that. <laughs> It ne it's just never going to happen. And to say that anybody is in denial of that butchery being a real change to how you were born, being a political attack and nothing less, nothing less than that, uh, it, it, that is, I mean, how do you, think about there's that. no, they're just out to literally destroy every last strip of fabric they can here. Okay, like that's the goal. There is They're taking no it down to the studs here. But rejoice because this video went around socials and was called out for what it was everywhere. There is a very, very, very minute, teeny tiny subset of the population that agrees with that. And they're starting to realize that, you know, people are afraid to talk about it uh, pedophilia was politicized. We did an entire show on that one day, Frank. Do you remember about how they politicized pedophilia? Uh, I don't remember. It was a while ago. 
We did a whole show documenting how they politicized pedophilia in order to be able to continue to perpetuate it because they made it so toxic for people to talk about who were on different sides of the aisle. Anybody who talked about pedophilia was a crazy QAnon conspiracy theorist, far right extremist. So the leftist normies and the middle of the road people were like, I can't talk about that. That's, you know, verboten. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pizzagate. Right. Well, even past that. Things like that. Right. Things like that. Right. Which Balenciaga just brought out to the fore again, because look what's right in front of you people, which has died off a little bit. We need to stop that. But long story short, that's changing now, especially with all the grooming and all the other crap that they're doing. And that people are starting to realize like, yeah, my neighbor over here is also concerned about our kids and wants to talk about it. And so it's working. It, it really is. Um, and that's that for that. I mean, that's that. That's all yeah. for today. Well, thank God it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, what do you got for tonight? It's Friday. Your shows on Friday are usually really good. I'm just chilling. I'm going to do a little bit of it's going to be like a it's going to be like a, a mixed bag. And then tomorrow night for my Saturday night show, if we have I don't know, Aurora's got a stuffy nose. So oh I don't know what that's going to turn into now. Oh got to go up there and use the uh, the vacuum with Lauren. I. Yeah, gotta hold her down. She's gonna scream and and th- throw everything she's got at us, and we gotta try to see if we can get that out. But um, we'll see tomorrow night. I might do a little Saturday night special with Lauren. Oh, another Lauren show. That that that's yeah, nice. yeah. See what happens. That's but nice. uh, yeah, that's all I have. What are you doing this weekend? Um, now uh, Saturday, I'm going to decorate my my Christmas tree with my parents at their house. Decorate some Christmas cookies. I'm going to go home today, watch this hearing, and I'm going to forget that um, work exists, hopefully, for a couple days because I'm spent. Just spent. Like, put a fork in me right now. Um, And maybe maybe Elon Musk will come around to reinstating me on Twitter for a brief period. Who knows? Um, You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and... Beans! You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on... Tune in Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com or Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 Eastern Time on Rumble and Getter Live. We will be back on Monday. Later. <laughs>